Hey, 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 welcome to this episode of the Zillennial Big Sis Podcast. I'm your host, Emma. and welcome to today's episode of the Zillennial Big Sis podcast. I am so glad to have you guys back. If not, um, just welcome to the podcast if this is your first time listening. I have a few announcements before the podcast episode starts. First things first, I have an Instagram now. It's Zillennial Big Sis on Instagram. No capitals, just Zillennial Big Sis I know I was a little late to the game to getting the Instagram started and right now I'm posting more about the previous episodes, but it'll be a really cool place to, you know, see what's coming up when I start having even more guests on, get a little bit more background information about the guests and where you can follow them. Also, it's really fun. I'm going to be sharing a lot of my favorite like TikToks, memes, like, okay, maybe not memes. I don't really have a lot of memes in my life, but things like that, just so you can get to know me better and hopefully have some really fun and entertaining content. So definitely go give me a follow on that. And yeah, I don't know, maybe, maybe when we hit a big milestone on the Instagram, maybe I might, might do a giveaway or something like that. When I say maybe, I mean, definitely, but just to get that out, get that out there, just want to let you know. So now that I've gone through just kind of the basic things, you may be thinking, okay, I clicked on this title which is get real about sex. And you're going to be like, okay, Emma, let's be completely honest. What do you think you know about sex? Like, what do you think you know that all of these people haven't already covered? Like whether it's, you know, call her daddy or other people on the internet. What, if, what, what do you think you know? And I can't lie on this subject. I think I have a very interesting perspective. And I really think that this would be a worthwhile episode for you to listen, whether you have had sex, whether you haven't had sex, whether, you know, you've had sex with multiple people with no one at all. You're saving yourself for marriage. You know, you're not like, I think that this episode will be really awesome to really promote a different type of conversation around sex. And to dive right into that, let's get started. In this episode, I'm going to be giving, you know, Emma's guide to sex a little later after I talk about my experience, but I want to put out a disclaimer I think that one of the important parts and things to remember about this topic is whatever it is in relationship to sex, whether it is, you know, having sex with multiple people, it is um, masturbation, pornography, things like that. I want to put out a disclaimer that these things, because when you orgasm, when you have those things, they release serotonin in your brain. They release all these chemicals that make you feel good. They are highly addictive. Like, If you are not, if you have an addictive personality, if you struggle with things like that, I'm going to tell you in advance that these are things you can develop a sex addiction. You can develop an addiction to pornography. Like those are things that can happen and something to be aware of. I'm not telling this to scare you. I just wanted to start off with that disclaimer. I'm also going to start off with a trigger warning for this episode because, you know, potentially if you have had a situation where you have felt unsafe, you know, maybe sexual assault, something like that has happened in your life. Um, I will be talking about sex. So if that is something that has happened to you and you feel like this is not a conversation that you'd be comfortable with listening to, Again, it's completely up to you. I just want to put that out there and give you a warning. Well, pretty much what really made me want to talk about this topic is because in my personal life, I think I've had a very 
interesting experience. So when I was growing up, I grew up going to a Catholic church where quite literally in our Sunday school, they taught us that there was like a pyramid of intimacy and literally on the pyramid of intimacy, hugging was like considered a no, no compared to like holding hands. Like it was very abstinence only. It was all of that. Also working in like Christian environments, again, very abstinent only. And I think it was super interesting though, as I grew up, I mean, I had friends throughout high school, like college, all of that who were having sex, doing all of these things. And I was like, okay, am I late bloomer? And then I had the other group of friends in a different camp that were like, oh, I'm saving myself for marriage. Like I am only going to have sex with, you know, my husband or wife. And I think it's so interesting because when I got to college, I felt like, okay, am I weird? Like, am I weird? I didn't have sex in high school and I really just like for a different amount of reasons. And one of that reasons was like, I can't lie. The people who were offering weren't necessarily like just the people that I wanted to be having sex with. It wasn't someone that I wanted to have my first time with. Also, I really wanted to wait for someone that I just felt comfortable with all the way around. It didn't necessarily have to be a boyfriend or a husband, anything like that. And I always felt like that was something that was super weird. Everyone was either like having sex with their boyfriend or girlfriend or, you know, waiting until they had their husband and wife. Like I didn't feel like after high school, that it was ever really talked about of like people, oh, people are, you know, still virgins or people are still like not having sex or having sex. Like it just felt like this awkward moment in college where it feels like everyone's already had sex. You're the only virgin. And it felt like it was almost something that you had to not necessarily hide, but you had to justify. And I know that may sound weird, but and it may not be the situation or relationship with it that you had, but I almost felt like I had to justify it to people. Like they were like, so why not? Like, why haven't you? And it's like, uh, because I didn't like, because I'm waiting, like I'm waiting not for like, and they'll be like, Oh, well, what are you, what are you waiting for? And I'm like, uh, just someone I'm really comfortable with. And for me to feel like ready to do it, you know, that was literally it. Oh, I actually lost my virginity when I was 20. Yeah, 20. And I lost it to a guy. He actually doesn't know that I was a virgin. He just never asked and it just didn't come up. And I realized after I was like, yeah, he definitely didn't know about that. And it was this guy that I actually met on Bumble. Okay, I didn't meet him on Bumble. I matched with him on Bumble. And then we talked for a while. We stopped talking. And then I do that all the time where I'll like start talking to someone, stop talking to them, and then start talking to them again. And, you know, throughout the whole time, he was like, oh, let's hang out. Let's hang out. All of this. He was honestly, I think, looking for a relationship. I was not looking for a relationship. And I made that clear to him. He came over to my house one day. We hung out. Really good vibes. Didn't have sex. Then, you know, he came over another day and I lost my virginity to him. And it was kind of funny because a lot of people, I mean, by that point, a lot of people in like my friend group and stuff, I mean, they knew I was a virgin. Like they knew I hadn't had sex with someone. It was just kind of a thing. It was like kind of a running joke. One of my guy friends, he was also a virgin at the time. And we always made jokes. We were like, if we're still virgins by this age, we're just gonna, we're just gonna have sex with each other. And the age was something ridiculous. It was like, I think it was like 36 or something, but we always made jokes about it. So after that, people were like, oh my gosh, like can't believe you did it. How was it? And I'm like, Oh, like it was, it was having sex. Like it was good. It was all this, but 
overall, like this is a person that I felt really comfortable with and can't lie, like for the rest of the year, pretty much, we just hooked up here and there and, you know, talked every once in a while, but I just felt comfortable with him. And it's interesting because he's not the person that I dated. So the guy, I mean, I've talked about this a little bit on past episodes, but I had talked to this guy my sophomore year of college and, you know, he was talking to me. I was talking to him. We ended up dating for two months after talking for like four or five and I never had sex with him. I didn't feel comfortable enough with him really to have sex with him. He wasn't like, it wasn't anything I even thought about either. I never thought, oh, I think I'm going to have sex with him. It was like our relationship was just so odd that it didn't cross my mind. And that's also a sign that the relationship wasn't really going to go anywhere, but that's beside the point. But it's super interesting because throughout all of this, because I was that virgin friend essentially to some people. I mean, I had other people who were virgins come up to me, talk to me in college, people who had lots of virginity, like all this, like having different conversations with all these different people. I realized that it's so normalized to lose your virginity in high school or to wait till marriage. There is not really that discussion about the in-between. It's like the people who are in between, you know, wait to college or after college or just until they find someone that makes them feel comfortable or they feel comfortable with themselves. I think even if you've already had this, you know, you've already had sex, you're like, okay, why, why does this apply to me? I think it applies to everyone, no matter what camp you're in, because this is the, the whole concept is as a society, we've kind of structured it. So you're in one or one of two camps. And if we start having more conversations about, you know, this is what happened with me and this is what happened with this. And I'm not talking about like dirty, like I sucked his, I sucked his dick so hard, like blah, blah, blah. Like he was spinning me around doing cartwheel. Like I'm not talking that. I mean, like we have real conversations with our friend groups, the people that we're comfortable with, um, supportive people in your life about sex. I think it will be a lot more comfortable. And I think, Right now, and assist like in where we are in the world, I think we're getting a lot better about talking about it. I think it was really taboo for a long time, but I think now women, especially, are coming more out about saying, "Yeah, this is my experience, and this is what worked for me, and this is, you know, what didn't work for me." Just the other night, I was hanging out with my friends, and you know, we just ended up sitting in the bathroom as girls do, and we just sat in the bathroom and we just started talking about sex and relationships and things like that. And it was so interesting because we all had such different experiences. And even if certain things lined up here and there, whether it was like ages or like number of people they've been with, like it didn't matter because our experiences were so different. You may be saying to yourself, well, no shit, they were different. Like you're different people, but let's be completely honest. I think we all assume that everyone's had like very similar experiences. I think there's an assumption of what everyone else is doing. And I think that that's something that we should really work on breaking that assumption, breaking the assumption that everyone's had really good sex or that everyone's had like a crazy sex story. Like we need to completely like take that assumption out of our minds because everyone's had such different experiences. No matter where you are in your sex life, whether you are at, I hate the word body count, but honestly it's just whatever. It, whatever your body count is, whether it's zero and you plan to have it zero until the day a ring goes on your finger or it is, you know, 25 or 100. Like I know those are big numbers, but if you start having sex young, like let's be completely honest, you can rack up those numbers pretty quick. If we started having those conversations, just being candid about what has happened instead of trying to put on a show, I think that we would have much better sex lives. 
I think that there's a lot of pressure within women and then also within men to feel like they had to have had a great experience. You know, they had to have had this crazy wild night. You know, maybe they had sex on a golf course or they had, you know, they had crazy sex here, like on the back of the boat in the water while everyone else is in the like all these things and we tell these like mystical and like the craziest times but we don't talk about the fact that like sex can be uncomfortable sex can be something that is if not done properly can be painful it can be something that you know has lasting impacts on you and I'm not just talking about a baby I'm not just talking about quite literally getting pregnant I mean like we don't talk about those things that much. And I think it's really important to open up about those conversations and also be accepting and understanding of people who've had different experiences. And don't get me wrong. Don't get me twisted. I am not saying by any means that you need to change what you're doing. I think there are certain tweaks that we can make and there are always things that we can improve, but this is not me telling someone who's planning on saving themselves for marriage or who has been having sex since they were like 16 or 15. It is not me telling you what to do. This is just having an open conversation. So whatever you're doing and whatever is working for you, work with it. Do like, do it like live your life. This is just, this is just me giving my advice. Take the pieces that you want, leave the pieces that you don't want. So that's just pretty much to get it started. And now it's time for me to get into my Emma's Guide of Sex. And you may be like, Emma, what is this guide going to be like? It's going to be a guide that is really good for whether it is going to be your first time, maybe in like 20 years, or if you have had sex and you feel like you're a seasoned pro, this is a good reminder. This is a good guide to live your life by. You know, um, have the Emma's Guide of Sex in the back of your mind. Whenever you are, you, you're doing the thing. the guide is a question. It's a question you have to ask yourself every single time. You need to ask your partner every single time. Can you guess what the first thing is? First thing is, are you ready? Do you want to have sex? And if the answer is no to both or either of those questions, eh, game over. We're not doing it. We're not having that. And I just want to say it is very frustrating to me that we still have situations where people are taken advantage of. Like that makes me so pissed off. It makes me so angry that human beings would have the audacity to hurt someone like that. And to be real, if that has happened to you, I'm so sorry. Like I am so sorry. And I know my apologies can't change things. And I know my apologies may not mean a lot, but I'm really so sorry, but that should be the standard. Consent is always the standard. It always needs to be the standard. And the thing is, like, I was in this sexuality class in college and, you know, we were talking about the rules of consent, you know, for valid consent and stuff. And my professor was like, here's the deal. Everyone thinks consent is going to be, consent's not going to be sexy. Consent can't be hot. And it's like, it's not like you have to sit there and be like, hey, hey. Um. <laughs> By the way, when I'm acting this out, I'm like doing that Debbie Ryan, like, Pull the hair back, like look under the nose. Okay, sorry. Anyways, it's not gonna be like, hey, mm, do you want to like, do you want to? No, you can make it like, you can make it cool, you can make it exciting, you can make it awesome. But just remember, 
We've been taught that no means no, but let's be completely honest. We need to switch our thinking. It's yes means yes. Everything else, unless it's a yes, like a hell yeah, like let's do it is a no. It's just really not. And if that is, that's going to be something that you are going to have to lay as a boundary with whoever you are with. And if they are not respecting that boundary, if you're deciding not to have sex with them or not go past a certain like level with them, then, then they're not the person for you. They are not someone that you want to have around. They're not someone that you want to be in like a relationship in that level with. That doesn't apply for just people you're hooking up with randomly. Like if you're doing that, that also applies for people who you're in a relationship with. Just because you have sex with them one day doesn't mean you have to have sex with them another day. If you don't want to do it, you don't want to do it. And they should respect that. They should understand that boundary. Dating someone does not give them the right to have sex with you whenever. So number one is all about consent. So number two is you got to check the goods. You got to protect yourself. And when I say check the goods, this is my number two rule because it's the next step. After you've said yes, you've got to check because let's be completely honest. And I know that this is giving like real talk. Let's be 100% real. If you have already had sex with someone before, there is a really, really good chance that you did not check out the goods first. But after taking this sexuality class in college, it really reminded me, it really shook the, the common sense back into me that like, hey, I'm not trying to get genital warts. I'm not trying to get herpes. Like that's not cute. That's not fun. Let's be honest. And here's the thing. Yes, some STDs, some STDs can be treated. And some STDs can be like taken away with, with antibiotics or anti whatever they give you just to run through some things really quick, by the way, I'm just like, this is just simple Google search. And I can't lie. I, I learned a lot in that class, but I did not retain all of this, but just remember that you can, you know, you can cure syphilis, gonorrhea, chlamydia, and trichomoniasis. But here's the thing. I, I can't lie. I know a few people who've had chlamydia. They've had the clap before. They said it was not enjoyable, but you have to detect those things early. And I'm going to get into early detection and about checking out, you know, a little later. But things that you cannot cure are hepatitis B, herpes, um, like HSV, which is herpes simplex virus, um, HIV or HPV. And those things are not curable. Those things cannot be change. And sometimes they have things that can help reduce the symptoms and like medications to take, but let's not do that. Let's not do that to ourselves. And when I say check the goods, I'm not just saying give it a visual check, which you should be doing anyways. And the visual check doesn't have to be like, oh my gosh, I'm literally high half his like penis or her, you know, parts in my eyeball, like in my eyeball, ew. <laughs> No, like, sorry. Um, I, it doesn't mean you have to like have their, you know, their parts right in your face and you have to do like a, like a full look around with like a flashlight and everything. No. What it does mean though, is you should be looking if you see anything, any bumps, any like mad discoloration, any rashes, we're not, we're not going there. It's an easy visual thing. Let's not touch it. Let's not do anything. Um, don't put your mouth on it. Don't do that. Don't put it inside you. Like, absolutely not. Like, we're going to pass if it has anything like that, okay? Everyone, remember, even if you had sex before and you haven't been doing this and you haven't gotten an STD yet, all it takes is one person. The other thing about checking the goods is you should be checking your goods. In a perfect world between every partner that you had or every partner that your partner has had, if you're, you know, sleeping with one person who 
is sleeping with other people, you should be getting checked for STDs as often as possible when it comes to that. You know, after each partner, really, in theory, you should be checked. And places that you can go are like Planned Parenthood, your gynecologist, things like that, student health centers. A lot of student health centers offer this and they offer them at a reduced price. So look into that, but you should be getting checked. Check the goods. That's rule number two. And also with check the goods and to protect yourself, you got to start taking your, taking your sexual health into your own hands. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this, let's not leave it up to our partner or have that responsibility on our partner because let's be completely honest. Most of the time they make up some bullshit remark of saying they don't have it. Let's not leave bringing protection or having protection up to them. When you go, I mean, obviously it sounds a little weird. It may be like, okay, MR, you telling me to carry around a condom everywhere with me? Honestly, if you think you're going to have sex with someone, potentially like it could be a potential thing, just keep a condom in your purse. Keep a condom in your bedside table. Like have your own things. And what's nice about this is like, I think, you know, having multiple forms of birth control is really important because let's be completely honest. I'm not trying to get pregnant out here. Um, Having multiple forms and multiple ways of birth control. So like, for example, I've always been on the pill and like now with the NuvaRing, which is good if you're forgetful, but I completely understand for some people taking a actual like medication is really difficult for them. So having a condom can be really great. And also you could like have fun condoms. They make glow in the dark condoms. They make flavored condoms like super fun. Like you can, you can get fancy with it. And I mean, if you have a latex allergy, there are latex free condoms. So there's really no reason to not wear a condom. And if the person that you're sleeping with is like, well, um, I don't like wearing condoms. I don't. Okay, cool. You don't like wearing condoms. Well, I'm not going to have sex with you without a condom. And you know what? I will send you that Venmo request for plan B. Like I will literally send you that Venmo request and, or, and, or you are going to go to the store and buy it for me because I'm not trying to have a baby and you're not trying to have it either. Most likely, unless like we're trying to have a baby, then sure. Go condom free. Just do what you want. Go free willy, willy nilly. But you should be wearing a condom. And if you're like, oh, but Emma, I don't like it with the condom. It's like, girl, if you start buying your own condoms, you get to pick the type that you want. They make ones with little ribs. They make ones that are for your pleasure, like, you know, pre-lubed ones, like all those things. So let's start protecting ourselves in multiple ways. And let's be completely honest. The amount of times I have heard a friend that's like, oh, I took plan B again. It's like, child, you should not be taking eight plan B's in a year. Like there has to be some negative effect to that. Like that is not good for your body. So how about instead we protect ourselves before, instead of having to take plan B and or, and or worry about having a baby. So think about those things, keep them in mind. And I will be sending this episode to all my friends and all the people that I've met that need to hear this. I'm sorry. It is not worth it. That like little second of pleasure that you may get or you may lose. Like it is literally not worth it. Think about the fact that you could potentially have a child. You could literally have someone with you for 18 years 
And that's the minimum amount of time you can take care of them legally. But <laughs> like legally, you have to take care of them for 18 years. But you could have a child and this person could just like dip. They could be like, bye, I got to go. What? Like, let's not do that. Let's just start wearing condoms and like protect ourselves. It could be way cooler if you actually like make it cool. And I'm going to tell you for a fact, like if you just tell the person that you're hooking up with, like, I'm not going to hook up with you unless you wear a condom then they're most likely going to put on a condom. Like, most likely. And then if you say, oh, are you ready to have a little mini me and you run around in the world? They're most likely going to put on a condom. So it's really not that bad, but multiple forms of protection again, not just a condom and not just the pull-out method and not just birth control combined. Also, another benefit of a condom is quite literally, if you didn't do your check earlier that I was talking about, you didn't check things out, it could potentially prevent you from getting an STD. So think about that. I'm not saying it's 100% effective, but just think about that. So keep that in mind. That's rule number two, which is check it all out. Make sure it's all good. So rule number two. So now that I've kind of gone through the top two things on Emma's Guide to Sex, and I know that there, you're going to be like, Emma, that was not not a fun first two. We're getting into the fun ones now. Because number three is know what you want. And you may be thinking, Emma, what do you mean know what I want? Like, how am I supposed to know what I want? How am I supposed to know what to do if this is my first time? And how am I supposed to know what I want if I've been used to being let down? There are a few ways that you can approach this. You can come at it with the way of saying, you know what? I'm going to work with my partner and see what see what's working. And whatever works, you know, take a mental note. If it doesn't work, take the mental note. And I'm going to get into like in step number four about how to apply these mental notes. But it's really important to know that. And the thing is, it doesn't have to always be like, oh, we're having like sex, sex, or, you know, they're, you know, they're giving me like oral or something like that. Like it doesn't have to be that that way. It can be as simple as, oh, I love to be touched on the my lower back or, oh, when like someone just like plays with my hair or, you know, runs their finger through my hair, like things like that, because there are these things called erogenous zones. I don't know. I mean, it could be your first time or maybe you've heard of them and everyone has like, there are typical erogenous zones and everyone has different erogenous zones that are you know, a little bit more sensitive. And, you know, some really common ones are like the nipples or the stomach, which is very interesting because I wouldn't expect that for women. Like it's definitely not mine. Um, the mouth and the lips, like the neck, the, some people's erogenous zone is the feet, as we all know, you know, the inner thighs, um, for some people it's their armpits. And I know it may be scary, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be with this new person. I mean, whether it's for one night or for one lifetime, like, oh my gosh, what? how am I going to like communicate these things? How am I going to like find these things out? I think it's almost one of those things that's like fun to figure out. It's one of those things that should be exciting to be like, oh, you know, they like this or I like this. And these are things that we can work on. And these are things that, you know, we can build upon and knowing these things and this information, just like purely informational based information. Oh my God. Purely informationally based information. That was the dumbest thing I've ever said. Um, knowing these things is really good because the more information that, you know, like scientifically that can also help you 
you know, in the bedroom. I mean, it is a common fact that women, it takes them more time to get into a zone where, you know, they're turned on, things like that. So for women, foreplay is really important. And it doesn't have to be like, we're literally role-playing like naughty teacher and like things like, like it doesn't have to be that, but anything that maybe just kissing or slowly undressing, things like that, learning those things and knowing what you like is really important. Another way you can know what you like is, and I know I can't lie. This is a very taboo topic. I thought about potentially not bringing it up, but I'm like, here's like, why are men talking about it? But women are not masturbation. And I know for some people who are listening to this, their skin just crawled, but let's be completely honest. That is one of the best ways to learn what works for you and your body, because your body is very different. It is very different than anyone else's body. It feels things differently. It, you know, has different wants and desires and needs. So masturbation is a great way to do that. It doesn't have to be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to buy like the biggest like dildo in the world and I'm going to, you know, have a whole collection, but it can be that. And it doesn't have to be something that you do like, oh my gosh, this is shameful or secretive. No, you can just, you can explore that part of your body and you can explore that part of yourself, you know, in a comfortable and safe environment, you know, a private environment, definitely. It's something that if you are, If you're wondering about what works for you and you want to feel a little more confident before you have that relationship with another person, then that's a good way to just kind of like inch into that topic and inch into that level and be able to be comfortable with yourself and those feelings. Another thing that you can do to learn more about what you like is porn. I'm going to be completely honest, but I am going to say big disclaimer about masturbation and porn and sex in general. Do not do not forget that like these things, because when you, when you have an orgasm, like you release serotonin, it releases like all these chemicals into your brain. It's like something that can actually be like very highly addicting. And don't forget that. I think like, it's okay. It's like healthy to have like, you know, a vibrant sex life, things like that. But also don't forget that these are things that you have to like teeter the line. You have to teeter the line of, oh, I'm enjoying this. This is, this is good. It's not something that's like, that's ruling my life and something that becomes an addiction. So I just want to, I want to bring that out. I want to put that point out there because it's something that releases these good hormones. And sometimes what that can do is it can make you feel dependent on that and that action to release those good hormones. I know I talked about that a little previously, but again, I want to put that out there again, just as a reminder, but with porn, it's one of those things that it's really difficult as a woman to watch because I honestly think it's super weird and it's like kind of funny at the same time, but it's like weird. Um, I think a lot of people are exposed to it way too young. I think that it has been conditioned for a lot of people. There is a lot of better pornography out there now that is more informational almost or less, like man centered. And I know if you're a guy listening to this and you're like, Oh my gosh, like why wouldn't you want porn to be man centered? It's just more, it's less intense and it's less degrading towards women. I think that is one of the biggest downfalls of the porn industry. And I'll probably talk about it later, later in a separate episode, but that is one thing too, watching it, reading it, things like that. But again, just be, be careful with how much you consume pornography 
it can be something that's like a cool tool or something, you know, you can watch it with your partner and see, Hey, this is something that we want to try. This is something that, you know, I'm interested in, but it can also, again, be a deep rabbit hole. There's really nasty things on there on the internet. There are really, really, really terrible porns and porns. Yeah. Is that the plural form? I don't know. There are really terrible pornography videos out there. So again, teeter that with caution. One thing I want to set out there also about pornography. Gals, even if you are not attracted to women, like you you personally don't feel attracted to women. And even if you do, I think it is so much more common than people actually would think for women to watch girl-on-girl porn or woman-on-woman. They're women. Um, It is so much more common. I found like just like seeing online, seeing all these different things, like different articles talking about it, you know, in my own personal life with my friends, you know, talking about it, it is way more common than people think. And I think there's just a little bit, it's a little bit more comfortable as opposed to watching a girl get just straight railed out by a guy. Like, let's be completely honest. Like that's, that's not really, that's not the vibe all the time. So just want to throw that out there. It doesn't mean anything about your sexuality. It doesn't mean anything deeper than the fact that maybe it's just a little bit more comfortable and you just don't want to watch a whole bunch of dicks flying around. Also, let's be honest. Women are just like the more beautiful creatures. I'm sorry, men, if you're listening to this, like, I'm so sorry, but gal, the gals are really beautiful. Like, so you can appreciate the beauty of other women and, you know, cool people, but I just want to throw that out there as well. And the fourth thing in Emma's got a sex is Give direction, but take direction. I think when you think about sex, it is one of those things that, yes, there are mechanical purposes of it, you know, there's physical purposes, but it's really something that when you are with a partner, you can work on together, you can get better at, it is something that, you know, it can grow, but only if you are willing to take direction and they are willing to take direction and not necessarily direction always, but suggestions. And when I say direction, I mean, Hey, I liked this. Can you do this more? Or you know what? That didn't feel very good, but this did. I think one, this is a time where sandwiching compliments or sandwiching good with like something not so great is honestly really effective. It's something that can be done really well. So tell them, Hey, I really like this. Like that was really awesome. And maybe can we do something different with this? But that was really great. Sandwich those compliments. And if you're nervous about offending the other person, but let me tell you, If you're going to give criticism, you need to also, if you're going to give like these constructive criticisms, you also need to open up the conversation for the other person. Because if it just feels like you're constantly like nagging at this person, just like dogging them, like saying, you know, you're not good, you're blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, that's going to be uncomfortable for them. But you should always, always be open to a conversation. You cannot sit there and be on a high horse and be like, this is what I want, but don't offer anything in return or offer growth in return. That was number four, which is give direction, but take direction. And then number five, finally, number five. I mean, there are many, many other things I could say, but number five is be on your own timeline. It is time to stop comparing yourself to the people in your life, to the people that are sitting with you in class, to the people in your sorority, to the people, you know, it, stop. Stop comparing yourself to other people in that life, in that thing. If you are not comfortable 
or if you're not ready or you don't want to have sex until you are literally 70 years old, you don't have to. If you don't want to have sex with a boyfriend because you're not comfortable, you don't have to. If you do want to have sex and you are protecting yourself, you are, you know, doing the work, making sure that you're safe, do it. But like, you guys, we need to stop comparing our timelines to other people. We need to stop judging people for their timelines as well. So let's not sex shame anyone. Let's not be like, oh my gosh, you're, you know, you're going to hell for doing this or you're prude for doing this. Like, let's stop doing that and start focusing on our own relationships and our own self-development and our own life instead of like focusing on other people. Number five is don't compare, do your own thing, do what you feel comfortable with, do what you feel ready for, what you're excited for, but don't compare yourself and don't set a timeline for yourself. There is not a date that you need to lose your virginity by. Don't even set a milestone for yourself because let's be completely honest. If you're waiting for marriage and you don't want to have sex on your wedding night, don't have sex on your wedding night. Literally, it's your life. It's your partner's life. It is something that you guys have to figure out together. It's something you have to figure out for yourself. It is a conversation. It is an ever-growing thing. Just because you had sex one day doesn't mean you have to have sex another. Just because you had this mindset doesn't mean that's going to stay with you. Like, Let's acknowledge the fact that we are ever-growing and ever-changing beings. And when we do that and when we start to have that mindset, you're going to have more growth and more understanding about yourself than ever. So that was Emma's guide, simple guide to sex. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And as I said before, give me a follow on I I literally almost just swallowed my tongue. That was so weird. Give me a follow on Instagram at Selenial Big Sis on Instagram. Same name as the podcast. Also, if you ever have any questions, any recommendations, any feedback, send me a DM unless you're going to talk shit to me. I mean, yeah, I guess you can send me a DM then. I might not respond, but that's all right. But thank you so much for listening. I know today's topic was definitely something that's interesting. It's something that honestly, like the information that's out there right now is just so like one side or another. I just wanted to be real. And I hope that that was helpful. I hope it was beneficial for you. Or if it wasn't even helpful or beneficial, I hope it was entertaining. Thank you so much for listening. And I can't wait to see you next Monday.